Hello again and welcome back everyone to FF Plus, your outlet for weekly reviews that are simple, short, and always spoiler-free. I'm your host, Aaron White. This is the third episode of the week. That's right. So many movies to talk about and share with you that we have gotten to a trifecta of new release reviews for this particular week. And I'm excited, as usual, because I've got something really good to tell you about today. In fact, one hidden gem and one that was a very, very strong, pleasant surprise. Without further ado, let's just jump right on in. The first one is Brooklyn 45, coming to us from Shudder. It stars Anne Ramsey, Ron E. Raines, Jeremy Holm, Larry Fessenden, Ezra Buzzington, and Christina Klebb. It is written and directed by Ted Geohegan, and its cinematography is by Robert Patrick Stern, with music by the band Blitz Berlin. It runs 92 minutes. What's it about? Five military veterans, best friends since childhood, gather together to support their troubled host and the metaphoric ghosts of their past become all too literal. Now I'll start by telling you a little bit about how this came to me. I actually don't really remember seeing any press invites for this film, but the director posted on Twitter that he would love to get this movie out and into the hands of any and all film journalists for them to review. He has been outspoken about how important and meaningful this project was to him and how he has poured his entire heart into it. So after a little bit of correspondence with Ted back and forth, I was able to acquire a link to this film and give it a review. So I just wanted to put out there that it is coming to me directly from the director, and that doesn't impact my feelings about it whatsoever. I just kind of wanted to give him props for a grass market campaign. This is an indie filmmaker who believes in his work and is willing to take the risk of putting himself out there and saying, hey, I want everyone to see this. I'm not just going to rely on traditional methods. I'm going to utilize social media. And it has been very positive for him because a lot of folks have been able to see this film and review it. And I'm happy to give my thoughts about it now. Look, this is a really simple movie, but it is a really strong one. It takes place in a single location. It is stage play-esque, essentially being an entire film about conversation between this group of people. It is highly suspenseful, dark mystery with a really solid visual style for having what I imagine is such a low budget. The screenplay is very smart, which was necessary, and it tackles military PTSD and xenophobia, among other things. And then all of the performances are fantastic and truly do carry this into another level uh, where without the performances that it has, I don't think it would have been nearly as effective. And I honestly responded to it probably better because I've never seen these actors or I couldn't place them. I don't know who they are. So if this was the exact same film 
but with, let's say, five known Hollywood stars, I don't think that I would get the same vibe from it whatsoever. These felt like real people that were living this exact situation. The unraveling of secrets among close friends and some creepy ghost story elements kind of combine here to ratchet up the tension tighter and tighter and tighter. And it keeps you on edge the whole time. It really is my kind of horror movie where that horror is conveyed more psychologically and atmospherically rather than through an overwhelming amount of gore and in-your-face scares. There is one particular scene where I think Ted goes a little all out with some practical gore effects. So it's not my favorite part of the movie by far, but for those of you looking for that, you'll get a brief little snippet of what he can do in that way. I don't want to give away hardly anything about this because the discovery as you're watching is what makes it such a joy to experience. But as I said, it's built on the interplay between these friends and colleagues that are in this room and end up locked in this room together. It's all about how their individual traumas from their roles in the World War II inform their decision-making during this difficult situation that arises. And you don't entirely know who to root for. You can't be sure who is telling the truth. It's got a little bit of like a Hitchcockian influence in that way. Aesthetically, the house is very well designed and has a great look to it. There's a jukebox in one corner that, or radio, I should say, that will come on at various times that helps to sort of sell the ghost story atmosphere. Ted uses different angles and characters will get up and walk around the room frequently, which I think help keep scenes looking fresh despite us never leaving this one singular setting. Since it is just 90 minutes of conversation, which I adore, but again, that requires the screenplay, the technical filmmaking, and the acting to all really be on the highest level possible to maintain audience attention and affect us as intended, which this movie does. By the end, I definitely felt like I had gone on a journey of growth for several of these characters. Um, some good things kind of come out of this in the end. Some bad things do as well. I can't say that it ends on the highest note possible. I definitely enjoyed the journey and the building of the tension more than the payoff, partially because the ghost story side of things gets a little bit underused for my personal liking. I think I would have liked a little more balance in that supernatural part of this suspense story. But overall, extremely enjoyable, good time. You gotta love a nice, taut, 90-minute thrilling mystery that just gets its hooks in you and drives you from point A to point B and then lets you go. Uh, you don't have to invest in a big sound system or have the, the nicest, newest TV to get the most out of this. You really just 
have to enjoy good characters and good acting. And if you do, I think you'll have a really great time. This is a gem, Brooklyn 45. This will be streaming on Shudder as of right now. You can watch it. And so I highly recommend checking it out. And then next, we have Elemental from Walt Disney Studios and Pixar Animation, starring the vocal talents of Leah Lewis, Mamadou Athi, Ronnie Del Carmen, Shyla Ami, Wendy McClendon Covey, Catherine O'Hara, Mason Wartimer, Joe Para, and Matt Yang King, directed by Peter Sohn. It is written by John Hoberg, Kat Lickle, Brenda Sue, and Peter Sohn. The cinematography is by David Bianchi and Jean-Claude Kalash, and the music is by Thomas Newman. It runs 103 minutes and is rated PG for some peril, thematic elements, and brief language. What's it about? This story follows Ember and Wade in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. First things first, Elemental is preceded by a new Pixar short called Carl's Date, which is all about Carl the elderly man from the movie Up. He is, in this story, nervously trying to get ready for his first date since his wife's passing. Doug the dog is there to help him out. It is funny. It is touching. Just like we've come to expect, I thought it was a great way to kick this movie off. Uh, Specifically, once I saw Elemental, this really becomes an even better fit because Elemental is sort of a love story at its heart. And this is about a man who has had a lifelong love and is now thinking about stepping out there and seeing what he can make of the rest of his life. And of course, anytime you have Doug as a part of something, it's going to be a really good time. He is such a great character. I love Doug. And anybody that has a dog is going to relate to many of the things that happen in this short film very strongly. I have no doubt. So Elemental is really a lovely, allegorical, multicultural love story about fire and water and how despite assumptions and the worst possible possibilities, the two can come together in a very special way. It's also about how family can unknowingly place unfair expectations on one another with the importance of communication being paramount to a healthy life. The marketing did not do this movie justice at all. It's not just a slapstick surface level Pixar cartoon. And I was very pleasantly surprised after going in with fairly low expectations. As for the story, it's about Ember. Her parents have immigrated to this big city from their native fireland when she was still in the womb. Her dad now runs a shop in the fire district of the city. The other elements all mix well. So there's water, wind, and land, the latter of which is represented by tree and shrubbery people. But they are constantly looking down on fire. Ember's dad brought with him a traditional blue flame that stays lit in the home and is essentially prayed to like a shrine. It's one of the many things that help represent the unique culture of the fire people and how they brought it with them on this challenging new journey with the intent of making a better life for their daughter, Ember. 
the analog is clear here. This is an immigrant story about people who left their own family members behind. The struggle that that required. They came here by boat. Many people I have known have had a very similar experience to this. And here they are seeking out the land of opportunity. And in this case, it's being in an area that is probably the equivalent to what you would think of a local Chinatown district might resemble. So it's easy to latch onto what you're seeing here depicted in this film and kind of subconsciously translate that to the real world. Ember's dad also really, really despises water, you know, opposites and all. And that plays into the comedy and the conflict of this particular story really well. Ember meets Wade Ripple, a boy made of water, by accident. It's a pretty delightful little meet cute, and they embark on what is essentially a character-driven narrative about Accepting who you are, standing up for what you desire, and being willing to take risks, all within the framework of a romantic comedy. All of their interactions are super cute. They're never truly gut-busting hilarious. It's just adorable, and that perfect level of humor that elicits a giggle or a slight smile frequently. One thing that I really loved about Wade is how his character isn't just played totally as a dopey or dorky guy. He does have some moments that make him seem silly, but he will follow them up with something very mature. It's a really fantastic voice performance from Mamadou Athi because he never overplays or underplays it. And you can totally see how many movies would do just that, and it would turn this character into a caricature instead. The romance is really sweet, and it builds at a good pace. The two new friends have a genuinely developed chemistry that is depicted perfectly through their voice performances to match the very descriptive animation. It's a joy to watch the ways that they manipulate the fire, the water, the wind on the screen in these characters. I love how Pixar humanizes things like that. It's adult without feeling that way, and it focuses on them falling in love because they appreciate each other for the right reasons, and never once is it based on physical attraction. It's really refreshing. There's some fun adventure too along the way, and you get to see Pixar's creativity at work in the world design and how the elements interact with each other. If anything, I would say that it's not incredibly deep and detailed world building and I would have liked even more about that because we stay in the confines of this city and even in the city itself we only get like little snippets of time in different parts of it it's so highly focused in the fire district that the rest of it is left sort of mysterious and intriguing I would have enjoyed more but they kept it fairly simple. There is enough there, though, to make the animation really shine in some of its best moments. It can seem almost too simplistic at first. Once the animation is used to show you the changing of emotions, it becomes something really beautiful 
that stands out as very unique in the world of animation. Thomas Newman, a personal favorite of mine, was a great choice for this score. His work is gorgeous. It's varied, and at times it can be whimsical and adventurous. At other times, it's just very tranquil and relaxing. I won't place my own specific examples on these characters, what I thought of them representing in my head while I was watching this, but it's easy to see how many immigrant families from all over the world and how interracial couples could see their own stories reflected in this one. It's a very meaningful way to show kids and adults that opposites can not only attract, but can be treated as equals despite whatever ingrained bias their upbringing or their surroundings have suggested should exist. I was moved to tears a time or two as well. Yes, of course, that Pixar punch always feels so, so good. This is one that I am anticipating seeing again already. It may not be as thematically rich and heavy as some of Pixar's masterpieces were, but I think it strikes a darn near perfect balance of adult storytelling with a lens that kids can understand, and it will provoke some hopefully really positive conversations in families. My suggestion also is to stay for the credits, not only because of the lovely song that plays again during them, but the animated continuation of the story that happens in the background is really fun to see. Elemental really shocked me. This was one of three film screenings I went to this week, and it ended up being the best one when it was the one that I was right on the verge of not going to because I was so tired. I'm so glad that my daughter and I got to see this together and we got to go and enjoy it and have the opportunity to tell you now that it's one that you shouldn't let slip away. There are so many blockbusters out right now. We have Across the Spider-Verse, which is obviously phenomenal. We have Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which is coming out this week. Next week, not only Elemental, but you've got The Flash. It's going to be competing with that on opening weekend. And then within another couple of weeks, you're going to have a new Indiana Jones movie right around the corner. There's so much out there. Don't miss Elemental. Pixar movies have not all been coming to the theaters. They're starting to come back. We need to keep them there. Don't want to see something like this going straight to Disney+. Plus. It deserves better. This is wonderful storytelling. It moved me. I loved it. Go see it. Elemental will be in theaters on June the 16th. Well, that's it for this episode of FF Plus. Thanks for being with us. Hopefully you've enjoyed all three FF Plus new release episodes this week. If you have, let me know. Find me on social media. You can follow me anywhere and everywhere using the links in the show notes to each and every episode. I'm pretty much on every platform you can imagine at the handle Aaron L. White, A-A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E. Also, if you're enjoying the show, tell a friend, share us on social media. If you're not going to leave us a review, or if you already have left us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, use the sharing feature. That's something that helps really get us out there and bring more people into our listener family. That's it for the show. I'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling filled.